Hi, and welcome to the greatest music podcast, where we listen to ours and other people's. Yes, this is really (laughs) happening. Put the gummy bears down. Now I'm just gonna eat them faster. Okay. Where we listen to ours and other people's favorite albums, songs, performances, find the greatest music in the world. My name is Andy. I'm Ian. And this is the greatest music podcast. It takes a while to chew gummy bears. It does take a while to chew gummy bears. Ma'am, we're in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Which is not Cincinnati. It's not Cincinnati. No, they are vastly different. One day I'll, I'll learn this. Andy tried to kill us last night, or we probably would have done the episode last night, but he was hellbent on going to a gas station to get gummy bears. And he kept picking the ones with the flickery lights and, like, the don't approach, like, half lights, half dim, big spider webs. There was a burned up car beside a, a trash can, but one of the, the big dumpsters. And he's like, that one looks good. And the light was flickering, the open sign was missing a letter, and it was tilted to the side. He was trying to kill us. It was going to be fine. We just needed gummy bears. Yeah. Yeah. We just needed gummy bears. Two white guys in a red family van pull up at 12 o'clock in the morning to get gummy bears. That, That story goes real well. We're still a lot to tell the tale. We are. We are. But we're in Cleveland because we went and saw Reliant K... The Canton, Ohio, I guess they're a duo now, but they have lots of friends that play with them. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that was good. It was at the House of Blues. Yeah, in Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, we are in Cleveland. <laughs> he has to just keep reminding himself that's where we're at. I don't know. I don't know anything. No, and I'm sure most people listening know nothing about Ohio except for the people that are in your friend circle, because you all live in this weird state. It's not that weird. We, you've been to Cleveland before. We went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, was it three years ago, four years ago now? Yeah, but I was. I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I didn't go to Cleveland. Like, it's different when you go to a destination for a city or if you go to, like, the city to be in the city. I feel like they're two very different things. We came here to see a concert. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I have to keep telling myself. We're in Cleveland. We're in Cleveland. Okay. We're in Cleveland. Um, and it was actually my first show ever at a House of Blues. Where Mine you, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that venue. It was small, but not too small. I think. Like, it was... It was right. It felt good to me. It felt yeah, like, it, it was the right amount of... This is a decent-sized crowd, but it is not an overwhelming amount of people. Yeah, because everybody that was there, I think, wanted to be there. Like, it was that size crowd. Well, there were a couple dads. You could tell. Uh, Well, yeah. The guy standing next to me, well, he was kind of into it. But the guy, he was up, like, from us, like, two rows to the left a little bit. Did you see him? Yeah. He's a big dude. And he just stood there gruff all night. Well, I think they were, I think those were former youth group leaders. So, so here's the thing with, with Reliant K and for this whole evening, um, like a lot of people like Andy and I grew up in the church and in churches we have things called youth groups where we just take all the kids and we put them together and like they're instantaneous friends that love Jesus and the world is perfect. Um, and you consequently have this whole Christian subculture 
that has their own music and branding and yada, yada, yada. And Reliant K was somewhat birthed out of that whole thing. Because um, they're Andy and I's age. Like, we grew up together, basically. They just had a band and a platform to write songs about things that we've been growing up and dealing with. So, so these youth group leaders that remember Reliant K from that time... You know, I think some of them were there, and they were like, oh, yeah, I remember Reliant K. Let's go see Reliant K, and I'll take my kids, and they'll like it. And I think I think that's what some of those old men there were for, because okay. Selner, she was not, I don't think, what that dude was expected. <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, but I feel like she deserves her own episode at another point in time. I can't not eat gummy bears. I'm so sorry. Okay, it's fine. So Semler was the opening act. She's a individual she came out with her acoustic guitar and not to take too much away from if we do another episode but she was what is she pushes back on the cultural norms of the christian subculture that we are engaged in i think (laughs) would be what it is and Um, she does it so well she does it so well so yeah just holding up a gigantic mirror at the hypocrisy that (gasps) is in are you out of gummy bears uh, this episode is going to go downhill from here. We've only made it five minutes and 20 seconds. So uh, that was really interesting. And I don't... There were some people that were there because they they knew this young lady and her material. And then there were some people that I think were completely caught by surprise. Yeah. And then there were the oblivious people that were only there for Reliant K and didn't give two craps about anything else. Yeah. Because um, Reliant K has gone through this thing, like they were they were teenagers when their their first couple of albums came out, um, and they were they're very much steeped in in the Jesus is my boyfriend culture of the time and and all of that and writing fun kitschy songs and then as they grew up and their worldview expanded and they started to understand God and life and religion and Jesus differently and were writing about that and dealing with that. Um, they lost a lot of people who wanted more of the fun, catchy Jesus is my boyfriend music because they're, they're in my mind, still probably the best pop punk band out there from a musicianship point of view. Um, I think they, they pushed that genre into a musicianship as opposed to three chords and some quirky lyrics. Um, and it helps that he he threw in the piano and the different orchestrations and oh, all yeah. that stuff through there, which there was none. Of the, well, there was the bell set. I think that was the only thing that they really did. Yeah, yeah. The but, mandolin came out on the one song too. That was a little. Uh, I was not expecting to see a mandolin last night. Yeah, that was a little different. But um, so for this tour, for I mean, I'm assuming some of you actually know Reliant K. So Dave Douglas is playing the drums. He is my favorite Reliant K drummer. Um, Reliant K has gone through several iterations of people within the band um, through the years, but Matt Thiessen, the lead singer, main songwriter, and Matt Hoops, the, the guitarist and also Oops. songwriter. Oops. Uh, they're the two guys that have been around from the beginning. They were best friends. They even talked about it last night because they're from a town that's not too far from here. Um, and they talked about how they met through a friend at a summer camp, and that friend was at the show. That night, it was really, it had that really great feel where, like, it's like, oh, my sister's here. Oh, my brother's over there. You know? I think like, this is the closest they can get to a, a hometown show. Yeah. Because there's not really a place in Canton that I think would do this justice. Yeah. 
So they, so David Douglas is playing the drums, and he was their drummer for I think their three most popular albums for Mm-hmm and Two Lefts Don't Make a Right But Three Do or Three Lefts Don't Make a Right But Four Do. Two Lefts Don't Make a Right But Three Do. They have really hard albums. The Anatomy of the Tongue in Cheek. Um, and then after that, Ethan Hawke took over on drums, but Ethan Hawke was playing bass this evening. Um, so he was doing all the bass lines, um, for this. And John Schneck joined the band for the third album forward. Um, more as that multi-instrumentalist to, to fill in all of the things while they were playing live. And I think they were just like, yeah, be part of the band too. Um, for a moment, I thought he was Chris Tomlin. He looks a lot like Chris Tomlin. Just because he's short? Well, and he had the hat on, and he just looked like... I don't know, it was weird. It was like this crossing of cultures, and it was just like... <laughs> that would be so weird to see Chris Tomlin up there rocking out with Reliant K. Yeah. Anyway. Because they were rocking. Like, in... I think in the way I would like to rock. It wasn't overly headbanging and jumping up and down and kicking things over. It was just... We're ha- like this is our version of fun playing music. Like they don't just stand there like Weezer does and play the song. Um, they 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 jumped when they felt like jumping. They they walked across the stage. They engaged the audience with singing and clapping and lights. Man, I was standing in a bad spot for that main stage. Oh light. yeah, they kept it hurt. Flip, they bad. flipping it on. Uh, the the beach balls were pretty fun. Beach balls were fun. Everybody likes a beach ball at a concert. There was two of them floating around, and they were even surprised by that. It was kind of yeah. amusing that they were trying to participate in the whole thing. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, Semler did a great job at engaging the audience and getting those warmed up because she had that whole she had this whole <laughs> shtick about uh, talking about. Veggie Tales, which is another subculture Christian thing, and the audience just ran with it. And there was a chant for Larry at some point. Andy got Andy got a room full of like two thousand people chanting Larry. It was fantastic, <laughs> and she totally her face got all red. She didn't know how to handle it. Like it totally broke up like her monologue of where she was at in in her evening. And she said it was the first time that it has happened on tour. So I. Do I take credit for that? I don't you know. You definitely do. You started like you were the first verse I voice I heard say it. Well, and then the guy next to you started, and then it it swirled around. It was yeah, it was like a surreal moment of people <laughs> yelling Larry. <laughs> so she had this humor filled section, and it really united the crowd. I think. Yeah, and then. And there was the like we said, there was a handful of people that were there. For, uh, did we say this on? Or was that us talking before we started? Oh there was God, like I'm so tired. There's like an eighth or a sixteenth of the crowd that knew her, yeah, and her material, you know. And then there was another quarter of the crowd that was just sort of like, "Well, this is new and interesting and ga- engaging." And then there was the other half that was just like, "We're here for Reliant K." Yeah. And but it was ready. Like there was that moment. Whereas, like, they came out and it was like, all right, this is what we're all here for. Yeah, they did this whole 80s montage before, like, the, the, like, before Reliant K walked out with all of these different movie clips and sound bites of different things from, like, good. 
for me, like my childhood. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, again, we grew up with these guys, and yeah. then and then the Jurassic Park theme started, and they walked out, and it was the most ridiculous but perfect thing at the same time. Yeah. Because they they don't walk out as a band. <laughs> they walk out as like, oh crap, <laughs> like it's time, isn't it? Oh, we're starting this. <laughs> like they they don't like when I think of like big. Big rock bands, they all have a look to them, you know, like they all wear this kind of clothing or like they have this front about them. And Matt Deason has a collared shirt on and pants, but oops, has a t-shirt and a hat on. The other guy had a t-shirt and like total early 90s plaid. The like, black and gray plaid. <laughs> yeah, yep. but not buttoned or anything, just on over it. The drummer, I don't, I don't think Dave Douglas had a shirt on. He uh, had a shirt and he had shorts. A shirt. He had a shirt and shorts. Okay. Because it had that white, like, weird image on it. It was oh, like okay. a wavy image. Yeah, they definitely have, a, like, a casual look. This was a conversation we were also having earlier about, I've noticed on social media some other people our age talking about jeans are now the new, like, dress pants. And, so weird. And that's so weird. Be- but did you notice none of them... Well, they were wearing black jeans. Yeah, they were wearing black jeans. Or... Well, he was wearing dress pants, and so was Hoops. Hoops was wearing dress pants? It was like... They weren't... I think they were like really flexy, skinny jeans, but they were a little loose on them. I think that's what it was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, they had that look. Because there's this blur of between... Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird thing. But yes, they didn't have like a look. It was just like a bunch of guys that come out and they play music together. Yeah, and they because these are like they played songs from almost every single album except for the very they didn't play anything off their very first album. Um, but we're talking about like six, seven albums over the past twenty years, um, and they're just pulling material from and playing. Like they have, like when Ian was in college back in two thousand and two when cell phones were just becoming a thing. Like, they had songs about, like, some friends having cell phones and some friends not having cell phones. And like, like having to wait for daytime minutes? Yeah, and it was just... It was... It brought back so much nostalgia and so many memories because, like, I knew right where I was when that album came out because it was, it was back in MySpace days. So, like, bands would put that one song up on MySpace and you knew the album was coming out in, like, a month or so. And so, like, you'd listen to that song over and over again, and then sometimes there'd be, like, a second song that would pop up with a new album cover, and you were like, oh, man, oh, man. Um, but I remember when Mm-hmm dropped, and that was that was life-changing for me, at least. It was, it was pop punk meets hard rock meets Beach Boy melodies and harmonies with pianos, and, like, it just went every different direction, um... And that's one thing that they really brought to pop punk. So punk music starts as like this rebellion, this like dirty, grungy three chords to tell you what I'm pissed off about. Like mm-hmm. that was grunge music. We have a, a, a anthem that we need to get out there and, and unite the people behind this injustice. Um, and then pop punk became the, the lighthearted PG version of that, you know? We've got our power chords, and we're going to tell you funny stories. Like, as soon as I think of pop punk, I think of Blink-182. That's the first band I think of. You probably think yeah. of somebody like MXPX or somebody like that. Yeah, that well, think. and there was what was, like, the other band was, like, Rancid. Or, mm-hmm. And 
it was like the quirky version of punk. It was like the weird kids, the nerdy kids of punk, or the not. It wasn't the. I think it was a much more accessible version of punk, though. Yeah. It, you didn't have to have you didn't have to like have like spiky suburbs. leather jacket. Yeah, it was the kids. It, it was the gentrified version of punk. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. Um, and and Matthew Tyson, in my mind, epitomizes that. He he can make great lines and weird, funny things like. Like the the one song he wrote about his girlfriend starts with "We should get jerseys because we make a good team." Like, but I'm way out of. But you're way out of my league. Yeah, yours would look better than mine because you're out of my league. You know, like it's lines like that that just totally. They had a song about mood rings where you know we should get emotional girls to all wear mood rings so we'll be tipped off to when they're ticked off. You know, like he he writes about things like that, and and for a young white guy in the suburbs. It was the story of my life. Um, and then as they got older and, and dealing with, the, you know, like, what is, what is church and God and life really all about, you know? And there was a big part of my life where I, I was, like, I was singing about Jesus, but I wasn't really into Jesus, you know? Um, and dealing with that, and then the next album comes out, and he's still wrestling with, like, I feel some shame about this, and, like, I was a liar, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, um, yeah, they, there's just... And the concert was that way too. It was just, we're just gonna do it all because, like, just owning this is me, like, and this is who I am. Like, they didn't shy away from like, oh, that was a period of life, you know, like, or that was an album that didn't do so well, so we don't play any of it. Like, no, they could just grab a song off of that album too, you know, because it's real. I was surprised by how young the crowd was. I was expecting really? it to be a bunch of dudes our age. Uh, I was correct in thinking it would be majority men and a small portion women. I think there was a lot more men there than there were women. I think you're right. Um, well, I think part of it, too, is... So the way that the House of Blues was set up, there was a, there's a main floor. There's probably about 20 feet deep running the length of the stage pit if you will but not really a pit yeah but like you could be right there on the stage and then it you know back toward the bar and the food area like it 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 spanned out standing room only um and then there was a whole balcony level upstairs where you were i think it was a lot less crowded and a lot less packed in i think that's where i think that's where a lot of a lot of those dudes were hiding i think they was up there i think the older people you you and I's age people. <laughs> I did. I think they were upstairs. Well, and a lot of their family and stuff that were there, you could tell they were up because they were yeah. waving. Mm-hmm. Um, up, yeah, up I was balcony. I was just surprised. And now, see, for Reliant K, I jumped in at that spot where they got sort of popular with the anatomy of tongue in cheek, and um, mm-hmm was definitely an album. And then the left and right one, whatever that one was called. Us and make a right but three do yeah and then i sort of just tailed off because then they did sort of change not an intentional thing it wasn't but it's just one of those bands that's you can't listen to be a gigantic fan of all bands at all times yeah. so but it was still interesting to see the progression of the music and still appreciate it uh and then be able 
that floor was bouncing a lot too. There was, dude. People were hopping and stomping and rocking. I have forgotten how much concerts compact as the evening goes on. Yeah. And how you start with plenty of room to stand there and move around. And then a few minutes later, your hand is against somebody's butt and it was not there previously. That's all Ian. Uh, well, Ian made, <laughs> Ian made the smart move. He was like, let's stand right in front of the sound people. Uh, the sound people were super nice, yeah, too. Like, he were... answered all of our questions about, like, what's that piece of gear? What's that piece of gear? Yes. He was a super nice guy, and they had the guardrail right there, and we put our backs up against the guardrail, so no one could... We didn't get squished from all directions, just from... <laughs> The front uh, and the sides. The front and the sides, yeah. So it was perfect because we were right in front of the sound guy, so we knew we were hearing what he was intending that room to sound like or what he was hoping that everybody was experiencing. Yeah. So that was a good move. And, yeah, it just it got closer and closer and closer the more the songs went on. Yeah. I don't know why that happened. My feet didn't move. I don't think you did. You started pushing me from the right hand side. Well, that's because the dude was pushing on me. But you just said my feet didn't move. But I well, did. They clearly moved. Uh, whatever. You moved because of that. I don't know why the people in front of me got pushed back toward me. Like, because usually you push forward, and that's why I wanted to be right there with like the the rail behind us. Well, I think because people were jumping around, so people gave the people jumping around space Some space to jump. I guess that's true. That was there's one big dude. Like three people in front of us, and he's big dude. Yeah, big man. He was into it, but yeah, it was it was a good show. It was it was a really great show, and it was nice to be in a smaller venue because that's when I really like shoes. Big arenas, you can, the sound never comes out right. Like you, you get a completely different show if you're on this side than you do if you're on the other side because the stage is just so big. The like you're watching most of the show through like a big video screens and the sound guys just doing the sound you know like it's it's hard to get that we're all in this together feel in a big arena mm-hmm. you know um and it but in these smaller venues you can you can be there like you're making eye contact with the performers like there i think i made contact eye contact with every one of them playing like it was cool and like you could see him smiling when everybody else was singing back. You could tell they could hear what the crowd was doing with them. Like the one guy kept running over and being below the the mains, and he would like wave at people and he would point at them and like yeah. smile and like air high five people. Yeah, it was a good show. I think it really had a. Um, I've seen some bands where it's just like. We are the performers. We are the rock stars. You are the peasants that have come to see us and to pay us to bless you with our presence. And it did not have that feel. It was just like, hey, you're a bunch of people and we all know this kind of music. Let's let's have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, a, we're happy to see you guys. People still show up for this. Yeah. Like, you, you guys are paying our bills, and we really appreciate that. Yeah. We can still do this after all these years. Yeah. They had some great gear. The sounds were good. You could hear everything. I didn't like how affected his voice was. I thought about it all night long. There there was... I kept noticing that as well. It's like they would they would add some like delays mm-hmm. and some some weird chorusy things for artistic. But that's also sound guy's... That's, that's the sound guy's preference. 
Yeah, I just thought it like in a room that size, you weren't really getting it. Like you weren't getting the effect until like or noticing that it was even there until like the song broke down and got quiet. Yeah. His acoustic guitar sounded terrible. Oh, I hated that. But it, it had like But it was on purpose terrible. I, I think so because it, it it had to mesh with all the other things that were going on. And it was slightly that grungy, size, it was it didn't sound it, was, it had a chorus added to it, and I don't know why it needed the chorus on the guitar at all. Like it was just going dun 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 like that's all he was playing. He was just arpeggiating the chords and it didn't need it was more rhythmic than melodic, in my opinion. Yeah. But it was nice, too, because you kind of make friends at a concert. or You at least say hi and, like, you're cordial to people. Like, it's not like social media where they're just trying to one-up you and be like, mm-hmm. I'm a bigger fan or I wore the better sweatshirt. Or, like, it's like, man, I'm so excited. I want them to play this song or I want them to play this song. Yeah. Like, you have an instant connection and bond. And then when you're, like... In physical proximity with people. It's so nice. It is so nice. Yeah, I think that was one of the... So, last summer when we were at the beach, we went and saw that Dave Matthews tribute band in that park. Mm-hmm. And I think that was... I know that was, for me, the first piece of live music to get to sit down and see again. Yeah. And now this is probably only my third, because I saw the 21 Pilots, but that was in like a big monster arena. So that always feels kind of disjointed for me. Um, at least we were like way up in like the very back rows, but in the center. And then this was like this medium-sized club venue. Um, I think this had the best feel of it all. But yeah, there's just something, the presence of, of live music together and that united bond like you talked about uh, that... This music thing just brings us together because you have this story, but Semler also mentioned about how Reliant K was the band that got her through college. There was, you know, what, 500 other people there on that floor that we could have stopped and talked to each one of them and said, what does Reliant K mean to you? And we've got 500 different stories. Yeah. And I mean, that's the amazing part about um, these kind of things, shows and music and all that stuff. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I don't think it was... I wouldn't say this was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. But it was a really good one. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very simple as far as a show goes. They didn't have big screen back... Like, they just had a big banner. There was two little TVs up top for the, the... the um, balcony, so they yeah, but that it. was just a camera on the stage. Yeah, like it wasn't. There was no like when I saw Dead and Company this past year, you yeah. know, and it was big psychedelic background. Like, nope. nope, it was it was the the buffalo was up on the stage. Their little trinkets that they like to have on top of the keyboards and the mm-hmm. things like that, and then the it was just kitty. them. Yeah, the piano kitty. And then it was just them. Like, and just playing their songs. Here we are, just, just walking there, out. There was just enough in the lighting. Uh, there was a couple times where like, the one song got a little darker. Mm-hmm. And like they flipped just to the red lights. And it was, it was like, okay, this was tasteful light production. It yeah. wasn't anything super fancy. But it was just enough to enhance what they were doing. And yeah. I think that's... That's what a good lighting design... Uh, that's what I like in a, in a lighting design, at least in that sort of style of venue. Yeah, when you're in the big thing, you almost... 
uh, yeah, you almost feel like you have to put on a production. Like, it there has, has to be, be... A produ- yeah, because not everybody's getting the same picture. In a, in that smaller medium venue, everybody's getting the same thing. Yeah. Like you're not, you're getting the same sound. You're you can see the stage and you can see what they're doing. They played to all the parts of the stage too. It wasn't like there was just one guy trying to do everything. Like they all went and moved around the stage so they could interact with the crowd in the different spots. And you can't do that in a large venue. No. You know, it doesn't matter if, you know, John Mayer blue- walks across the stage. He's only an inch tall to begin with, so, you know. Unless you're the Blue Man Group. <laughs> okay. They came the whole way out. They right. went around the entire Hershey Park Arena, or the Giant Center, when we saw Really? Them. Yeah, that was really wild. Like, they walked the whole stinking thing. Like, they were up on the... We were way up in the nosebleeds, and they were not... They didn't come up to it, but they came up to the bottom of our section and were doing stuff. But that's a weird exception to the rule. Do you imagine how that group came to be? I can't even imagine. Like Steve, I've got an idea. We're going to paint ourselves blue, pretend to be aliens, and play drums. And beat on PVC pipes (laughs) with sandals. It's going to be amazing. Oh, man. That's good. Because if it didn't go down like that, it went down with... I bet you won't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> truth or dare, I dare you to put on blue latex and pretend to play music and get two more guys to join you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, that was good. I this was a, a blast of a trip. Um, I think it was fun. We're in Cleveland. We're in Cleveland. We're in Cleveland. And live music really start. That has to be a thing again. It has to be a thing again. It has I didn't to even be. realize how much I missed it. Until I was there. Like, you don't realize that part of you is gone or that bit is missing until you're like reintroduced to it and you're like, oh my gosh, this was a thing, you know? And it was a part of me that I forgot about, you know? Yeah, go see live shows. Go see live shows. Go see. Well, Reliant K only has one or two more shows. Check out their recordings, though. They're. So one thing that I love that I saw a contrast between their live show and the and the recordings, their recordings are always perfect. Like there is never a miss on on their recordings. It is it is tuned to perfection. The beats are down. Like that's just part of their I think their writing process. Live, I could see the mistakes and I could see the different things going on and them just going through it like it was no big deal and the changes that they made to this or that or the other thing. So there is... I appreciated that. It felt real. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't anything that was tracked on that show. Like, the only thing we heard were the instruments that were being played and the voices that were singing. Like, it was... I didn't hear any backing tracks or stuff going on. No, I don't I'm think I'm sure there was. was ear clicks going on. Oh, because, yeah, because um, the drummer was triggering stuff. He had yeah. a laptop, and I saw him up there a couple times where he was pushing buttons and, and clicking yeah. a few things, but... Just enough to keep keep them all together. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's go about s- all we got. <laughs> that's it. So go listen to Reliant K. We, I like the album. Mm-hmm. That would be my starting point. I think is like the easiest walkway into them. I think it's the most popular one. Yeah. If you want a, a more like, and that's, I think that's that was them at their peak of pop punk rock i i think if you like more indie rock um sort of stuff and 
more quirky indie rock, I think you you would want to get you know their latest album. Uh, they did an '80s <laughs> sort of techno. Techno is a terrible way to say it. Uh, um, programmed album, uh, which is uh, uh, through Collapsible Lung. <laughs> That's a terrible photo. All right, I'll do a better picture. Um, I'm taking a picture so you can but see yeah. what this actually looks like. But their their discography is it it varies and it grows in complexity. Um, so yeah, I think I think mm-hmm is a good place to start. But really, grab anything and just just let it play. It, it's it's good, honest music. So no claps, just a, a high recommendation from a big fanboy and an acquaintance of the band. You calling me fat? I said fanboy. You said you big, are the you are fanboy. You are the one just sitting in the hotel bed, completely covered up that housed a bunch of gummy bears. But uh, we'll leave that. I'm feeling totally sick of my stomach. Or was that the cage of potatoes for it's breakfast? Probably both. Both. Anyway, go out and see live music. Let's get back into that. Share. Um, tell us your favorite concert experience. I love that question. I know we talked about that before. Yeah. What were people's first concert? Either your first concert or your favorite concert. Let's start a good discussion there over on social media. Um, do all that stuff. Do the ratings and stuff on your podcast app. And we'll be back here next week. I don't know what we're Not doing. Here, though. Not we'll in Cleveland. In we'll, we'll be back in regularville. <laughs> And, and we'll do another episode on something next week, and maybe we're not we'll... gonna talk about Tyler Childers. Oh yeah, Tyler Childers. That's I'm it. A big fan of that dude right now. We're gonna listen to Tyler Childers. Uh, we were supposed to put that out, I guess. That was supposed to be out now. Yeah, but that's all right. Good things. things change. Good things come to those who wait. Go listen to that NPR. It's short. It's only like nine and a half minutes. Yeah, it's three songs. So everybody's got enough time for that. Go listen to that, and we'll see you back here next week. And from Cleveland, we will see you in the future. See you in the future.